And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today is the pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York, Reverend Mark Diedrich. Good day, Dan. And Dr. John Vance, pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. Good to be here, Dan. Well, gentlemen, it's nice to have you in the studio once again. Uh, the other day I had a note from uh, a listener, and they were asking, uh, is, it, is this always PCA guys you have on, basically, here? <laughs> and no, it isn't. Uh, actually, we have a evangelical free brother in Christ uh, who's a professor at Ulster Kennedy Community College. And we uh, most certainly do intend to have others in the future. Um, frankly, uh, we have a limitation here just physically in the studio. We still have not been able to afford a telephone interface circuit for doing remote interviews. So uh, some of the limitations are just simply due to funding. And some of the baggage that we bring to it is really a, uh, an appreciation for uh, other walks of life all within the Christian worldview. So it's, it's much more than just PCA. But anyway, gentlemen, on the agenda today is uh, a very interesting subject, and that is uh, a Christian's relationship with other faiths. And in particular, under that general heading, the discussion regarding the Cordoba Mosque project. And uh, we do note that today is the ninth anniversary of the attack of 9-11. So there's a lot to talk about. We'll get started. Um, First of all, remember what it felt like um, back on 9-11-2001, I was at work, and um, at the time there were monitors in the halls, and they had the news on it, and uh, we were kind of shocked, right? It was At first we see a plane bashing into one of the World Trade Center buildings, and at first we thought, oh, maybe that's a freak accident. What's going on? This is terrible. What a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. But then when we saw that second plane mm-hmm. come in, bash into the second building, we realized, oh no, this is much worse than we had ever thought. And then as the the news reports came in, um, we find that many, many people are dying. There's two more planes, uh, one headed towards the Pentagon, another one um, crashing into a field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. This was a time of intense terror to the United States and the deaths of many people, many of our own beloved people. So um, with that, our topic today is a Christian's relationship with other faiths, and in particular, this uh, issue that has surfaced, uh, people wanting to build a mosque on the very ground of where this attack took place. So, who can uh, bring us uh, a little you know, perspective? You know, very on this. ground is 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 the case because I understand that a part of the engine went through the building yeah. that has been purchased to be torn down to build uh, yeah. this particular mosque, which is thirteen stories high and is more than a mosque. It's uh, uh, many things, but mm-hmm. you know, I think the nine eleven uh, 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 date is interesting. It's one of those. Uh, what should I say? Uh, one of those uh, dates that fixes your memory. Hmm. Uh, Isaiah did that when he said, uh, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He dated it with an event. Mm-hmm. And um, people do that with, where were you when JFK was shot? Yeah. And people remember. Mm-hmm. Well, do. this event is the same way. I, mm-hmm. I was watching 
the news and they switched to the World Trade Center and said a plane mm-hmm. had gone through. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we saw the second, second one go through and I turned to my wife and I said, no accident. No. I didn't know what was going on, but no accident. No. Yeah. It was just it was just so shocking. Yeah. And uh, later on that night, once I got home from, uh, from work, uh, obviously it was all over the news. And then there were groups of people that were rejoicing. I recall. I think right. some in the around the world, around, oh, yeah. the world. Yeah. around the world, around the world, rejoicing that, that yeah. all these people had been killed. And I thought, how can that happen? I mean, what what kind of love? What kind of tolerance is that? Well, so uh, that's our subject here today. So, John, you've uh, taught religious courses in uh, higher education and um, have studied the world's religions. Um, can you help us here on Islam a little bit? What are some of the core beliefs, and why would sometimes it result in attacks on innocent people? I don't understand it. Well, uh, of course, uh, Dan, there are, are those today who, who uh, and even our President George Bush and uh, our President today in the past, have made a distinction between moderate uh, Islam and the radicals who have, quote, hijacked a religion, unquote. It's not quite that simple, I don't think hmm. entirely. Um, religions are complex manifestations. There's no question about it. Uh, and Christians have many reasons in the past in their own history to to repent of things that have been done. And uh, whatever I say, I do want to preface it with this. Human beings are sinful. Mm. And they will employ any instrument, religion, politics, whatever, to accomplish sinful goals and ends. Nonetheless, I do think that uh, the nature of some religions uh, are so different that in their very constitution and makeup, uh, they could pose, let's say, for instance, a greater threat to those who don't belong to their group. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Christianity is not, quote, uh, a political religion uh, in the sense that Islam is. Now, we're all concerned with with social policy and things like that as Christians and as citizens. Mm -hmm. But in Islam, remember that there is no distinction made between the separation of church and state. Muhammad was both the head of a religion called Islam, but he was also the head of the state because the religion and the state were one. Mm -hmm. And his successors called caliphs or caliphs, in fact, were both political and religious leaders, and its nature, uh, Islam, is uh, not only a religion that worships God, it is a religion that wants to establish a political order. Mm. So that makes it different than Christianity, where Jesus taught, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar, and unto God the things that are God's. He recognized two spheres, Mm -hmm. the spiritual and the temporal but the spiritual and the temporal in Islam are commingled. Mm-hmm. So that makes it different. And so when we talk about religions, we must make some of these distinctions to understand uh, maybe the, the overall teaching and what's going on. Mm, that's helpful. On this program before, we've uh, alluded to, uh, I think it was uh, Sphere Sovereignty and uh, Abraham Kuyper's mm-hmm. teaching on that. And I think that's a pretty good model to have yeah. in the back of our minds. Sphere sovereignty is, yes, for the Christian, 
who is a citizen, he exercises or she exercises citizenship in one sphere. But on the other hand, when we go to church, we expect to worship God and not pack a gun. Mm. Uh, and in the mosque, you could bring a gun right and lay it down right beside of you in the church. And so uh, it could be a place where you may be getting ready for warfare. I don't think you're going to find our church is doing that. Does that mean somebody might have a concealed weapon? That's another thing. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, I'm just saying the Puritans, uh, early early on, the, 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 the pilgrims required you to bring a gun to, oh, to yes. worship. Yeah, because they may have go. been... They, they were shooting bears a long way. They feared attack at any time. Or shooting you never bears. know when you see a good turkey that you can take yeah, That's right. <laughs> hey, we got to take a short break. We're up against the wall here. You're listening to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. In the studio with me today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. Today we're talking about the Christian's relationship with other faiths. And in particular, one of the things that we're focusing on is the Cordoba Mosque that has been um, suggested to be built in Lower Manhattan. Prior to the break, we were talking a little bit about some of the characteristics of Islam. And uh, you will notice that we're trying to be very careful today and uh, accurately represent the uh, Muslim faith. So, John, um, help us understand just a little bit more about maybe the contrast between Islam and Christianity in terms of uh, how the two groups would want to advance the faith and some of the means that may be used. Well, Christianity clearly has a mandate from her Lord, the Church does, and, and the people uh, to advance the kingdom of God or to the work of Christ on earth through the proclamation of the gospel. 
There's nothing there in the religion from the beginning to take up arms. That doesn't mean Christians haven't taken up arms. That's not mm-hmm. the question. The question is there's nothing in the religion that requires you to do any specific political act or to engage in politics. Many of the early Christians had a clear understanding of that. However, in Islam, not only do you find the temporal and the spiritual collapsed into each other, there's no distinction made, you also have this institution called jihad. Jihad, in fact, is an institution in Islam, and sometimes it's called the sixth pillar of Islam. Hmm. And what that means is that it has an institutionalized form of holy war. Jihad means two things. It means to go to war against your own sins. That's called the greater jihad. The lesser jihad is, in fact, you can defend the faith and should and even advance the faith through jihad, Mm -hmm. holy war. Uh, That is something that I don't know of any other religion uh, has in its teaching. Mm-hmm. There's only one, and mm-hmm. Islam is a political religion, and it does have built in it, in my opinion, uh, an imperialistic spirit. So the religion can be advanced via the sword. Yes. Now, once a place is conquered, there's no compulsion in religion, says the Quran, meaning you can't force a person to convert, but you can force them to live under Muslim law. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that what they call Sharia? Sharia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always wonder about that. You know, there is no compulsion of religion because in so many places where they conquered it, what they did was either they took over the church that was there or they leveled it and built a mosque. Mm-hmm. But it was now a uh, Muslim society, therefore the authorities uh, had the right to do that. Had to do that, yeah. mm-hmm. Now, the people who didn't convert had to pay an extra tax. Right. Oh, that's interesting. And yeah. they were taxed more. Uh, because they had the privilege yeah. of having the protection of Islam, and also they didn't have to necessarily fight for Islam, but they had mm-hmm. to pay a tax okay. in lieu of that. Uh, and there were some other. You did have. You do in countries where Sharia has been imposed. You do have a second-class citizenship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the old and South. Then, you may have to give up and give your seat. So have there been to somebody uh, on a bus wearing certain colors and clothes in that society too mm. to mark you out as a mm-hmm. Christian. So are there examples of um, Muslims taking over church buildings in the world's history? Well, I I could name maybe the most famous one uh, that uh, most people know is when uh, it didn't happen early on, but it it happened when uh, the uh, Muslims conquered Constantinople. Mm -hmm. Uh, The most famous church, at least in Eastern Christendom, Hagia Sophia, was converted into a mosque to demonstrate uh, that it now was a country that was Muslim, Turkey. Mm -hmm. Moreover, uh, today, of course, it's a museum, but nonetheless, that's been repeated in history. I think Mark knows a couple examples. Yeah, and Hmm. and so I believe that was also in Damascus, where they did it. But you just look at in uh, Jerusalem on the Temple Mount. Of course, the temple was gone by the time Islam came in there. Mm -hmm. But when they built the Dome of the Rock and then the Al-Aqsa Mosques, uh, they were built right on that spot mm-hmm. uh, where the Temple Mount is. Of course, they deny that. Now, um, I've heard some phraseology used uh, in the news by various commentators um, referring to these places as a triumphal mosque. Is that um, in view here? 
You know, it could be. Uh, it's hard to judge motives, mm. but it certainly looks that way, doesn't it? Yeah, or a victory mosque. A, a victory you know, mosque yeah, of victory some mosque, sort. Yeah. Uh, where, you see, Islam is a secessionist religion. They believe that they have succeeded in God's program, mm-hmm. uh, the Judeo-Christian tradition. Mm. And consequently, it's just a capstone being put on uh, mm-hmm. a work of God in their mind. And therefore, that is a right thing to do, to show that the complete uh, word of God has been received, the Quran, and here's the evidence of it, and here's a witness to it. We make monuments to many mm-hmm. things, and I think that that is the case, mm-hmm. uh, trying to understand their thinking. Well, if you look at, uh, I mean, you know, there is no one national church in the United States, but there was ever a symbol of the United States in terms of its capitalistic power, it was the Twin Towers were symbols of its uh, the great economic center of the United States, I would say. Well, in fact, the two cities that are most <coughs> symbolic in America, New York of culture and mm-hmm. economics, and Washington, D.C., of political power, they were the two main targets. That's right. Those were quite the, the targets. Were yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those Political twin towers, economic. Yeah. their economic, and then you've got the Pentagon and presumably, uh, I don't know, what was it, maybe the White House or something in Washington, D.C.? Well, it was one plane, I suppose, the one that, that went down in Pennsylvania was going for the White House. Yeah, it was yeah. redirected from Washington, D.C., and mm-hmm. thank God there were some brave men and women on that plane, and probably saved many more lives because of their uh, heroism. We know there were several Christians on that plane who, uh, to save lives, uh, attacked the radicals yeah. and and yeah. brought the plane down. Yeah. A couple of the, the, the young men there, at least one of them was from Wheaton College. That's mm. right, yeah. Oh, my. Well, we're talking today about a Christian's relationship with other faiths. And in particular, we're looking at Islam today. Um, here in America, we have... Uh, a religious freedom baked into our Constitution, Bill of Rights. And I sometimes wonder, how far does this extend? Um, we seem to embrace, um, with open arms, all religions. Just come to our shores, no problem. But how far do you go um, in this concept of letting people in? Do you know what I'm driving at here? Um, yeah, it's a touchy subject. You You want to maintain... Uh, your principles, even when uh, it it goes against yeah. uh, your nature and your welfare. But on the mm-hmm. other hand, as in another context, as one of the Supreme Court justices said, the Constitution is not a suicide pact. Uh, we that can't is dis- an interesting. We can't point. destroy our culture, our civilization, our way of life, and give up our freedom and surrender it if it is under attack. So. While there may be rights under certain circumstances, we mm-hmm. have in the past outlawed certain political views. It was against the law to be a communist mm-hmm. in this country, in the government. Uh, why did we do that? We saw uh, Marxism as a philosophy and communism yeah. as a threat to American freedom. It was completely antithetical to everything right. that That's we true. Right. Yeah. Now, I, I don't want to specifically point out a particular religion, but if a religion, in fact, we deem to be a threat to our society, wisdom would dictate mm-hmm. that we not commit suicide. It's yeah. that simple. That's, that's, that's only reasonable to, yeah. to say there are limits. Uh, when we yeah. look at our society, it is a society that was based and founded on a Judeo-Christian worldview. 
even men like our second president, John Adams, said this society, the government that they had formed, it's not suitable for anything but a Christian nation. Oh, yes. And he's absolutely right. And if we were to give up that Judeo-Christian worldview, we essentially will will undermine our society. You know, it might help uh, the people uh, listening may not make always make a distinction maybe that we're making. Yes, our political system is supposed to not favor one religion mm-hmm. over another, and there's no religious test. Mm-hmm. Even though we right. got quite almost got one last time when Mitt Romney ran. There's yes. a lot of talk mm-hmm. about it from guess where the New York Times, yeah. <laughs> wanting a religious test. <laughs> Nonetheless. Uh, we're talking here about culturally and socially. Hmm. And it is no doubt true that you have to be culturally and socially within the ballpark of what Christianity is or democracy doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Right. And now, ideally, uh, Sharia law is totally incompatible with democracy. Check out any country of the <laughs> 40 in the world that yeah. live under it and everybody who lives in that society who does not conform religiously to it is a second-class citizen. In Saudi Arabia, our American troops cannot carry a Bible in the public, in the oh open, my. nor wear a yeah. cross. They can have them in their compounds behind mm-hmm. high walls, mm-hmm. uh, but you cannot possibly wear a cross to identify yourself as a Christian. A Jew cannot wear a Star of David. Mm-hmm. You cannot carry a Bible. So yeah, there seems to be limits to this diversity. Uh, there I'm, are looking, I'm looking at a quotation here. Uh, occurred during a Muslim Students Association meeting in Queensboro Community College, 2003. Uh, Mohammed Fahid said, We reject the UN, reject America, reject all law and order. Don't lobby Congress or protest because we don't recognize Congress. Uh, the only relationship you should have with America is to topple it. Now, there's a view that that we could say that, that's crazy to embrace that and allow that kind of well, view to get... Well, uh, what we're debating in our society politically is how extensive is that attitude hmm. among Muslims. We don't really know, but no. uh, I know one thing for sure. Those who tend to say that it's a very, very small minority are whistling in the dark. Hmm. There is more, no doubt, when they take surveys and ask, do you sympathize with uh, certain movements uh, in some of these countries in the Middle East and the Far East? You'll discover that there's a great deal of sympathy, even by from quarters we didn't think there would be sympathy. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's very difficult. We live in some strange and, I'm going to say this, wonderful times. It's exciting (laughs) to live in the day we live with God's providence and... and, uh, (laughs) Uh, we have the gospel of Jesus Christ. We should not be controlled by fear and we get overly defensive. But I will say this. I expect my country and its government to always defend our way of life. As a Christian, I will have a different relationship as one Christian to others uh, in the sense that I will be very tolerant and am toward That's this. That's a good distinction. Must be made. Yeah. Yeah. There's the Sermon on the Mount, which tells us to love our enemies. Right. And for those who would spitefully use us. But on the other hand, I don't want to see my government adopt the Sermon on the Mount as its constitution because it was not meant for a government. It was meant for Christians to mm-hmm. live under and to practice. I don't even impose it on Mark. 
Mm-hmm. I would not ask him to respond in a situation where I may, in my freedom as a Christian, mm-hmm. forgive a person. Yeah. He may not believe they're worthy of forgiveness. Yeah. yeah. This is something that we need to understand with tolerance. And this is one of the, the terms that's been banding about with this whole debate of the Ground Zero Mosque. Is shouldn't America? We're we're tolerant. Yes, we are. But tolerance has its limitations. Mm-hmm. And if you want to compare the tolerance that we have in this country with allowing, how many mosques are there in this country already? Mm-hmm. Thousands of them. One hundred in New York City. Thirty in Manhattan. Yeah, thirty mm-hmm. in Manhattan alone. Mm-hmm. We're allowing. How many Christian churches are there in Saudi Arabia in Mecca? None. No, <laughs> you, a, a Gentile or a non-Muslim is not even supposed to that's, go in the city right. of Mecca. Mm-hmm. That's right, exactly. Well, Mecca. Well, gentlemen, Mecca. I um, <laughs> hate to slow you down here, but I see we're out of time already for this broadcast today. Mm-hmm. Uh, today we're talking about um, Christians' response to other faiths, and we're looking in particular at Islam. I think what we'll do is we'll leave until next week a uh, more detailed discussion of the, the mosque project at Ground Zero. And uh, we'll continue on. But, gentlemen, just really short, a few wrap-up thoughts today. One of the things that uh, we want to understand always is that uh, our desire is to honor and glorify God. And one of the ways uh, that we do that is to reach out to reach the Muslims. And one of the things that's great about uh, the Muslims that are here in America is we can reach them with the gospel more freely than we can Mm -hmm. in the countries where they come from. Uh, that's a good point, Mark. Uh, by the way, most Arabs in America are not Muslims. They are Christians. And they are here in this country largely because they were driven through persecution from mm-hmm. their lands. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I noticed the Christian communities done a great outreach mm. uh, to Muslims in the country. Uh, again, we don't want to be motivated by fear, but uh, we should remember that where the Spirit of the Lord is... There is liberty, and in our liberty, let us reach out to all the people that God brings our way. And uh, Mm. thank God for what Mark said at the end there. Amen. We're out of time already. Thank you so much for joining us today for another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Please join us next week at this same time for Redeemer Broadcasting and A Plain Answer. I'm Dan Elmendorf. May our Lord richly bless you today as you serve Him.